Hi, I'm Rafael Esarn, and you're listening to the Quick Pit Podcast. Welcome back to the Quick Hit Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan. Joined, as always, by Connor. We've got a great race to break down this week. But before all that, Connor, you want to give us some information on our sponsor? Yes, our sponsor for this episode is SenseNC. He's an up-and-coming YouTuber who does a lot of informational stuff on NASCAR, like silly season updates. He also is really known for modding in NASCAR Heat 5, which is one of his most famous videos. And we all know what makes or breaks a YouTuber is their editing and audio, and he's great at both of them. So make sure you guys subscribe to his YouTube channel and follow him on Twitter. Both of his links will be in the description, um, so go check him out. They're really good videos. We highly recommend them. And if you haven't heard already, he was on the show a couple of weeks ago. I would highly recommend that you go back and check that interview out. So with that being said, Connor, I don't know how much you got to watch of the race, but it was a great race. It was really, really good. Yes, I actually got to watch uh, just the last two stages because, of course, the rain. um, And I was able to get home in time to watch watch the last two. Oh, yeah, that's true. The rain helped you. Yep. So. The rain did not help help Kyle Busch, though. You know what? That's okay. However, NASCAR should have called the caution. In fact, yes. they probably shouldn't have started that thing. Yes. All right, let's, let's get into the top 10. Ethan, you want to start it off? Yes, sir. We'll start off with, in 10th place, Denny Hamlin. Um, he was running top five right at the start, and he spun out. He was one of the cars that spun out in turn one when the rain started hitting. And um, to be honest... He never really recovered. He didn't really suffer any damage. If he did, it was very, very minimal damage. But he kind of was out of it for the rest of the race. So, um, But still top 10. He's been very consistent. However, with this week's new winner, he is two winners and Kyle Larson passing him. No, three winners. Three new winners and Kyle Larson passing him for the points lead away from missing the playoffs. He could. He, it's legitimately possible for Denny to um, miss the playoffs and finish like second in points, which is just yeah. crazy. Yeah. So after this two-week break for the Olympics, the next three races are two road courses and then Daytona. So no, Michigan. There's Michigan in between. Oh, Michigan, well, which is kind of like a super speedway. So there's no, no. Is it? There could be fluke winners in there for sure. Michigan is in, a. Michigan is a fuel mileage track, too, so you never know. Yeah. Coming in ninth is my favorite driver of Alex Bowman. First top ten at the uh, at New Hampshire, or what Alex likes to call it, the place where people just dump each other. But uh, he got he gets his first top ten at New Hampshire. Really struggled there in the past. Great, uh, good run for him, and good for him to get a top ten at probably his worst track on the NASCAR circuit. I think given the fact that he's been running so well at tracks that are not his best should be reason why people, people are, should be worried that he's, he's going to, I think he's going to go on a deep playoff run. I'm not picking him to miss out or 
uh, failed to advance in the round of 12 this year. I know that for sure. Finally learned your lesson. Yes, I did. I definitely did learn my lesson on that. In eighth place, Ross Chastain. I mean, I, it kind of feels too little too late that he's running this well because he is he doesn't have a chance to point his way into the playoffs, but he's been really strong recently. And, you know, he was running really fast both Pocono races and kind of just threw those good finishes away by losing his head on the late race restarts. And you have to wonder if he had managed to maintain top five or top ten position in those races where he'd be points-wise because, you know, he's been really strong recently. Both the Ganassi cars have been really fast the last month or so. And I think Chastain, if he had came on a little, came on this strong a couple weeks earlier than he did, I think he'd be a legitimate threat. Yeah, he's coming in seventh as a five-car Kyle Larson. He hasn't been as strong as uh, this past past couple weeks as he w- was on that one Terry, which kept winning races and races and races. Um, but a solid top 10 day for Kyle Larson and kind of flew under the radar there, but comes home in a solid seventh place finish. Yeah. And in sixth place, Kevin Harvick, he won his first stage of the year. Was it his first stage? He didn't win a stage. Um, uh, you sure about that? Yep. No, first one. First stage, Ryan Blaney won. Second stage, Brad Kozlowski won. Kevin Harvick no, Connor. Oh wait, you're right. He was he was leading a stage though. He was up front. He led 66 laps. My bad. Sorry. Um, he led 66 laps, which is uh probably the most he's led this year. Yeah, yeah, they've really struggled. Uh, well, the whole team did pretty well uh, yesterday, but you know. Yeah. But, yes, it, it, I think they're starting to show some signs of life. And the last couple of weeks, he was right up there at, at Atlanta, too. But uh, I don't know if they have – I mean, now, granted, if – given who won, who won, you, you never know. I think if Almirola can do it, I think Harvick could pull, pull one out of the hat. But um, – I don't know. They they still don't have that race winning speed. Yes, coming in fifth is the twelve car of Ryan Blaney. Of course, he won stage one. Uh, was really quick there on the short runs, and then uh, like faded. Had a really like just d- couldn't get it out on the pits. Couldn't get out on pit road um, on green flag pit stops around like lap sixty ish, um, a little less than that. But uh, solid fifth place run for Ryan Blaney. Petsy cars really strong. Um, his teammate Brad, his teammates finishing third, fourth, and fifth, third and fourth. And Joey Logano, who of course finished fourth, had a little issue where after the rain, he thought he had a problem with his uh drive. And the crew member like opened up the flood ha- hood flap and looked in, and it was like digging around for something. So NASCAR decided they were gonna give him a two lap penalty because you can't, of course, can't work on your car under the red flag condition. and uh, that's what the 22 team did. So they had to start, they had to go two laps down and they worked all the way back up to a fourth place finish, which was pretty impressive. Hot take, if he doesn't get that penalty, he wins that race and he dominates that race. Yep. A lot of people could say that because he was one of the quickest cars at the end. Yep. And he had the speed to work his way all the way back as well. 
Yes. Coming in fourth, uh, Joey Logano, as we just talked about. Coming in third, Brad Kozlowski. He also won a stage. He led a, a decent amount of laps in that beautiful paint scheme. All the Fords were really fast. The Fords definitely were the best manufacturer um, at New Hampshire. And so it's another good run for Kislowski and a good run on pretty much the same package. They said the same tire compound as Phoenix. So if a Ford gets into the, if a Penske car gets into the final four at Phoenix this year, I would watch out for them because they seem to have, seem to be dialed in at these tracks. Yes. And then coming home second, the 20 car, Chris Bell. And people were saying that if he got the full laps, of, of course, if you did not know, NASCAR uh, was as soon as it got dark because of the rain delay, he got crunched up on time there. As soon as it started getting dark, they're going to give tell the teams um, like 10 laps to go or whatever. And uh, when there was about, they were coming across for 18 laps to go, NASCAR said, nope, we're going to do 10 laps to go. It's getting dark. So they lost eight laps. But uh, people were saying Chris Bell, who was charging hard, on uh, Eric Almirola, people were saying that the if they if they've raced all 18 laps and said that only 10 laps they could have won. But to be honest with you, I think Eric Almirola is going to hold Christopher Bell off. It's so hard to pass here at New Hampshire. I don't think eight laps would have done much. Yeah, and, and Almirola, though Bell was catching him, he was catching him slowly. And so I think if they were to run the last eight laps out, um, I think that I think. Bell gained like was gaining maybe a tenth a lap, if that. And so, and he was about a second back when the race ended. So I would honestly say if Bell catches him, it's on like the last lap and he has to make a crazy effort to to win that thing. So even if Bell had caught him, I don't think he would have had time to pass him. So I agree with you. I don't think that affected the outcome of the race very much. Although 30 second laps, eight minutes or eight more laps is only four minutes. Does that really affect the darkness? Well, I mean, when they were doing post race interviews, it was dark. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm like, wow, it got dark quick. I think NASCAR made the right decision. You don't want anything to happen because it, it like they were doing post race and you could barely see Christopher Bell. It was, it was dark. It was, yeah. it was dark. It was getting dark quick. And I think they made the right decision. And which leads to Eric Amarola winning. And Eric Amarola is the four, first toward Hosker to win this year. And just like we all was, predicted, he was like needing a win. He couldn't make it on points. I think, uh, like, officially couldn't make it on points. He was so far back. He was like 20, like, at the He's, very end of the playoff picture. Like, there's 30 drivers eligible, eligible to make the playoffs. He was like 28th um, in the playoffs picture. And now he's all the way. And 14th, uh, 14th in the playoff picture with that win. So it got things really tight. And um, I, I just can't wait to watch the end of this year with the last three races after we come back from this two-week uh, two break for the Olympics. But, yeah, all, all of a sudden, RCR, uh, one's, one's on top of the bubble, one's under the bubble. And both of them could miss it with the tracks that are coming up. Yeah, and I, I just want to say this was not a fluke win. This was a legitimately good car that they brought and a great drive by Almirola. Um, and also, I would also like to shout out Dale Jr. He called a very good race. If you didn't notice, uh, Rick Allen was on vacation this week, so Dale Jr. is the play-by-play guy. And I thought he did a great job. He was better than Rick Allen. 
yeah, not being biased for me, of course, I was, was a Dale Jr. fan. He did a great job, and um, it was it was fun to listen. But, yeah, as you said, it, it was not a fluke one. Eric Amarola, uh, they brought a good car. They dominated. Eric Amarola has – it's been 98 races since his last one, which was in 2018, um, and it, it was just a great, great run. Um, and uh, now they're going to go playoff racing. Yes, and, you know, I I – taken a liking to Elmer a little bit recently. I think we we're all Eric Elmerola fans there on the last lap. You know, you have to feel for the guy. He's had terrible luck this year. And so to see him pull it off at a non-plate track, his first career non-restrictor plate win, um, it, it, it was cool to see. And, and the and the genuine excitement he had after winning the race was was just great. Yeah, and he might have gave himself another year on that ride. We'll have to wait and see on that, which we'll have still a season uh, predictions coming up in the next segment, but I also want to quickly mention Matt Benedetto, who has also had bad luck, tried to stay out as long as possible before the green flag pit stops because there, no one can make it on fuel. They all had to pit around lap between around lap 50. He tried to stay out as long as possible to get the 10 laps to go for darkness. Didn't work out. He had to come in and pit. But a great call by the Matt Benedetto's crew chief and trying to you know sneak a win from there. And uh, uh, sucks that he couldn't. He wasn't a little bit. He wasn't racing for the win, but. Um, hopefully he maybe he gets to win in the next couple races. A word on Matt DiBenedetto. I I've been rooting for him. He's a great guy. It'd be really cool to see him succeed. But I don't know if you saw some of the news that came out today, but it paints him in a little bit of a different light for me now. Basically, Roger Penske did an interview this morning saying, and we're recording this on Monday morning, so or Monday evening, he did an interview saying basically it was always, it was never an option for DeBenedetto to get an extra year with Penske. Like they announced last offseason that he would get one more year with the Wood Brothers, then he'd have to go somewhere else. And Penske said basically, we we gave him another year to have with so that he would have the opportunity to have a good season and, and make a name for himself, grow his brand. Uh, this season before we we let him go and that there was never any intention of him letting him go and now with all pretty much all the good rides taken it sounds like after the Brad Kozlowski to Ralph Fenway news came out he was kind of banking on keeping the 21 because that meant there was an opening at Penske and so uh, that's just not proactive and it may end up really hurting his career especially now that the ride most people were projecting him to Seems to be locked up because uh, I don't think that bacon money is going anywhere. I don't know if you've looked at Smithfield's social media, but they are loving this win. Like, it's, it's all over the place for Smithfield. And so I don't think that bacon money is going anywhere. I don't think Eric's going anywhere. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a multi-year deal this offseason, especially if he does well in the playoffs. Um, and so I think Matt Benedetto is in trouble. I really think he is because – there's not even Roush open. I mean, his best cup opportunity right now might be the 38 car. Yes. And let's let's look at the playoff bubble here. So sitting 82 points to the good is Kevin Harvick in 15th place. Who would have thought him not having a win? That's crazy. Um, of course, you have Denny Hamlin, who's uh, the points leader at the time. But Kyle Larson's only 13 points back. So uh, it, it's not, not for sure here. Uh, Denny Hamlin, of course, is 283 points to the good. And then Tyler Reddick plus five and his teammate Austin Dillon under the cut line in 17th position at minus five. Chris Buescher in 18th. 
Nick, uh, minus 121 to the good. Matt Benedetto in 19th, minus 143 to the good. 20th, Ross Chastain, one, minus 144 to the good. All these three drivers and Chris Buescher, Matt Benedetto, and Ross Chastain pretty much need to win at this point. Um, do need to win um, at this point. And Austin Dillon can still uh, point his way in, but he's going to have to fight with his teammate. And uh, it's it's going to be interesting to watch this, watch this, uh, watch this season come down to the wire with the with the playoff bubble. The crazy thing is, is that like two weeks ago, after Road America, um, Tyler Reddick and Austin Dillon. Austin Dillon had a lead of um, over. He had a lead of almost 100 points to the cut line. But because of these two wins, he's now five points under. Like, and I was no, I was looking this morning, Chris Buescher is still 16th in points, and yet he's pretty much eliminated from the playoffs unless he gets a win. Like, Chris Buescher has had a good season. Austin Dillon has had a good season. This might have been his most consistent season yet. Tyler Reddick has had a good season. And – Matt Benedetto has had a pretty good season after his awful start that he had. But because of these winners outside of the bubble, I think there's two now because McDowell has, a, like, fallen out now. Um, and then Almirola, they are – they have no chance at pointing their way into the playoffs. And so say what you will about the playoff system. This is creating a pretty exciting bubble watch. However, I think that – Chris Buescher deserves it more than McDowell probably and definitely Almirola, although it's, you know, it's like the wild card system does make things interesting, but also does not always put the most deserving drivers in. However, I'm not complaining because it means McDowell's in the playoffs. So, yep. you never know. Well, that's all you have. We'll move on to the second segment. We had another uh, week. That is not all I have. Um, first of all, we have a couple more things to go through here, Connor. I, sorry. Um, but first, I think we should look at some of the playoff scenarios, and we'll go over these more in depth the next couple of weeks. But basically, the way that the NASCAR playoffs work is that the regular season champion is the first one to get into the playoffs. So technically, it goes regular season champion, then um, – then all the winners, and then if there's any spots left after that, then they're filled in with drivers on points. So in this case, if there is one more win- one more unique winner, um, Kevin Harvick, and th- the standings stay the same, Kevin Harvick is the last driver in, which is absolutely crazy. If there's two more unique winners, not including uh, Harvick or Hamlin, um, then we'll have a, I think we'll have a 16 driver field on point or on wins, correct? No, we will have, we'll be at 15. Okay. Um, so if three more drivers win, not named Denny Hamlin, or um, if three more drivers win and they're not Hamlin or Harvick, um, and Hamlin is still the points leader, then actually Eric Almirola will miss the playoffs. And if Hamlin loses the points lead to, to um, Kyle Larson, then um, Hamlin will be out of the playoffs uh, as well. He could finish second in points, 
and be out of the playoffs. And then a four unique drivers win, which is absolutely nuts, and I don't even see how that could happen. Um, McDowell would be out as well, which is crazy. Yes, let's look at the schedule for the next uh, last couple of races. So you have Watkins gone in Indianapolis Motor, Motor Speedway road course and back-to-back. And I could see I could see someone win it like uh, Ross Chastain, who's been great at road courses this year and doesn't have a win yet. I could also see maybe a you know a Chase Briscoe. He won here last year, won at the road course in Indy, I think last year. I'm pretty sure last year yeah. in the Xfinity Series. So those are two guys right there that could possibly seek out wins. You also have you also have race race at Michigan and Daytona. Daytona could be a wild card. You could have you could have you could have. Coyle Joy winning it for all we know. So you don't know who could win there. It could be Daniel Suarez. So that that could be a very much a new winner. So there's three Bubba's races. really good at the super speedways. Yeah, and Bubba too. So there's three races that there could be a new winner. And then you have Michigan. Michigan, you could have a few mileage uh race like Ethan mentioned earlier in the podcast. You could also have just there being a couple of wrecks and a guy lands in the right spot. Um so yeah, you never I know. Mean, and it, it could get really interesting in the next couple of weeks. Chastain. And both RCR cars recently have shown that they have the speed to, to run the top five uh, at, at the 550 horsepower tracks, too. So I don't think anything's out of the question here. And honestly, I think, Connor, how many more new winners are we going to have? And we'll say including Hamlin and Harvick, because that would still count. Um. I say three, and it could very much be four. I say Connor, three. Connor says three. I think we'll have two. And one of them will be Hamlin or Harvick, and one of them will be like an RCR or Ross Chastain or Briscoe or someone like that. I really think Ross Chastain could win one of these road courses. I really do. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll see. I mean, he's definitely had the speed to do it sometimes. So uh, it, we shall see. But Chastain has been – in the running in the top 10 really consistently recently. So uh, I think, I think he, if he gets a good ride next year, he should, he will be a threat. He will 100% be a threat. Um, With that being said, we would like to go into a segment that we've ran a couple of times. It's been a while though. And that's our other racing news segment. Um, We've got a lot of stuff to talk about. First of all, in Formula One in the uh, British Grand Prix yesterday or on Sunday, on the very first lap, Lewis Hamilton, we don't know. It's Some people say it's intentional. Some say it was just an accident. But I think Hamilton is definitely in the wrong no matter what. Um, on turn nine in the high-speed corner on that track in England at Silverstone Circuit, um, gets into leader Max Verstappen, championship leader Max Verstappen, and sends him into the wall at over 170 miles per hour. Um, they said that Verstappen on contact experienced 51 Gs. 51 Gs. That's a couple, like that's a couple thousand pounds of force on him. He went to the hospital for uh, concussion systems. Their symptoms, he is okay, but uh it's a scary, scary crash, and uh, it cost a red flag for like 20, 30 minutes, too. And Hamilton goes on to win the race and close the points um, standings up to really close. I'm trying to pull it up here. Um, but, Connor, did you see this? I, I saw the wreck, and I, I'm so happy that he's okay. But 
I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just happy he's okay. It, it was a hard hit. It was a hard lick. Yeah, and, and Hamilton got a penalty and still won the race, which which um, I don't know. It seems kind of fishy. I don't know too much about F1, but I know that Mercedes absolutely controls things and they have gotten used to controlling and dominating. And now that they aren't, I don't know, it's a little fishy. Um, and, and Hamilton's comments after the race did not help him at all. And so uh, definitely some uh, animosity or probably a rivalry brewing, but he closed the gap from over 30 points um, to just eight uh, with, with his win and uh, Verstappen's obviously he DNF. So um, unfortunate chain of events um, and it should make the driver championship for the rest of the season. Very interesting, but um, definitely formula one's golden boy, Hamilton, is not doesn't seem quite so golden anymore. Yes. And then what we also want to talk about is the SRX, which their season ended on Friday night, no, Saturday night, and it was amazing. Like, it, it, was, it is one of the most fun races to watch. I mean, it's all these veterans, uh, young guys too, with girls, even with Haley Deegan. You had, of course, a tw- uh, smoke. You have uh, Wall Trip. You have Michael. Bill Elliott. You had Chase Elliott. You had all these guys, Paul Tracy, which um, people have their 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 thoughts about him. But uh, we'll keep it to yourself. You have these young guys, old guys, and of course, Smoke Tony's uh, Stort won the championship and. But it, it was it? fun. It was fun to watch. You had it was so you had uh, two heat races to do the lineup, and then you did the main event. 70, 70 laps. It was seventy seven on Saturday. The last seven have to be only green flag run uh, laps. And you had you had people dumping each other throughout the season. You had Haley Deegan dumping Paul Tracy. You had Paul Tracy dumping other people. It looks like Paul Tracy can't race, but um, we'll leave that there. But it, it was a really fun fun type of race to watch i want to see paul tracy in a truck at bristol just to see the maximum amount of chaos that would come out of it but i was, I was more talking about the whole season because i was able to catch parts of pretty much every race i think personally my favorite race was at slinger that that track is crazy um like 30 degrees of banking on a quarter mile track it's like racing around a bull that's really what it was. It's like Bristol, but but even crazier. And you know, I they basically what they did was bought classic short track racing to the to national TV and and it flourished. And you know, there was a different winner pretty much every week. I think Stewart was only the only repeat winner. I'm pretty sure. I, I I'll check that here quick. Um, but you know. Even though Stewart won the championship, the championship was not like they barely talked about it, honestly, throughout the whole season. And so in in that aspect, it was nice. They weren't focused on the championship. They're just focused on having a good time. And it was it was just it was amazing. And I honestly cannot wait for next year. I hope they had many more tracks. I think they could go to like a 10 race season if they wanted to and 
nobody would complain. The, the coverage was amazing with Alan Bestwick, James Hinchcliffe, Dario Franchitti, even Danica Patrick covered a race, I think. But um, yeah, Connor, what was your yep. favorite race? And, and favorite moment, I, I guess. I really liked Splinter too. It, it was it was like a big ball. I agree with your statement. I think it was a fun race. But I want to go over the winners as I lost it here. But we had multiple winners um, at Knoxville on June 19th. We had Tony Stewart winning it. And then at Eldora Speedway, June 26th, we had Tony Stewart winning it. And then in Lucas Oil Raceway, July 3rd, we had... Uh, Ernie Francis Jr., who really put himself on the, he could he could get a like a ride in the trucks. He did really well this season. Just the uh, other day, he like basically announced that he's like he he like tweeted at Roger Penske and Team Penske, like kind of saying, "Why don't you consider me for for the twenty two and the Xfinity next year?" So we shall see. But he has been really impressive. Yeah, and then Slinger Speedway on July tenth. We had Marco Andretti winning it. And then in Fairgrounds Speedway, July 17th, we had, of course, Chase Elliott. And, and I don't know if you mentioned this, but Doug Kobe, one of the local heroes, which I think was a fantastic, fantastic idea, having a, a local driver compete each race. Doug, can't, Doug Kobe won Stafford, and he actually did get himself a truck ride with GMS, I believe, at, at Bristol, I think. So... It was just all around a great season, and I think NASCAR can learn a lot from this. First of all, if you watch, I know you watched Connor, but the fairgrounds was packed. It was yeah, they yeah. sold that place out, and I think that's even more proof that they need to put NASCAR Cup Series racing on that track as soon as possible. And I don't care what the angry Karens say; they need to put it there. And they will not go to any of the five other F1 or NASCAR tracks in the area. So um, that that seeing that place sold out was great. Yes. So uh, this segment's running really long. Um, first of all, one more thing. I think the most impressive driver for me was Helio Castroneves because he was running top five almost every race in a stock car, which obviously is not his racing discipline. And I would love to see him run at Bristol or, or at Martinsville or at, at any NASCAR track just to see in a cup car or an Xfinity car just to see what he can do. I hope, I hope Dale puts him in the eight sometime. Yeah, I, I, I think that would be kind of fun to watch. And I think, I think Dale would be the person that would do it too. Yeah, I think they should expand the fields to like – 15 or 18 next year because you could have so many other drivers you could put terry labani in there you could take um you could probably get oh, i had so many other ideas last night the other day you could put uh put scott dixon in there you could see how he could do you could try and get some other f1 drivers i'd love to see scott speed and greg biffle run the thing full time you could try and get carl edwards um or uh, I'm blanking on yeah, Ricky it, Rudd. It's going to be fun to watch. I, I, I don't think Carl Edwards will come back, but I, I think there's, there's a couple guys that really should get a chance. Yeah. Ricky Rudd was one that I think would be great to see in, in one of those cars to see how he would perform. 
But with that being said, this segment is running really, really long. Um, sorry, Connor. I thought we were doing this in the first segment. So uh, tough. Uh, this segment is running really long. We're probably at like 30 plus minutes. So we will move on to the second segment, which we will try again with our um, silly season predictions. That's coming up next on the Quick Pit Podcast. Welcome back to the Equip It Podcast. I mean, it's the second segment on this week's show. Well, we'll try again and do our silly season predictions. We've already had some big news this past week, which we'll go over. But before we want to get in the second segment, I just want to quickly say we will not be doing a three-segment show this week. As the first segment went pretty long, and this one will probably go a decent amount, too. So you're still going to be the average length, just not three segments. So Yeah, because we don't have a race to preview. So Yes, um, we're going – NBC is going to the Olympics to cover the Olympics. And uh, – so racing gets a two-week break, which is probably good for a lot of people. Two two weekend break. Just saying. Yes, so two weekend like, break. It'll so, be three weeks between Sunday's race and Watkins Glen. So yeah. Which, sorry, I, I know I'm getting this off topic, but I'm kind of frustrated right now. I will be in New York. Like I'll be like an hour from the track over that weekend, um, going up to visit family, and we'll be leaving Monday. And yet, I don't. I, I'm really trying to convince my parents to let me go to Watkins Glen, and I don't think I'm going to be allowed. But like tickets for us, since we're we're still in high school, twenty dollar tickets for a team ticket, which is crazy, especially when we consider the adult ticket is one hundred thirty bucks. But twenty bucks for a team ticket, that's pretty good. But I, I don't think I'll be able to pull it off. But I'll keep you updated if I if I do. <laughs> All right, before we go into who we think is going where and so let's go over some people that have already signed. We're starting off, Alex Bowman signed a two-year deal uh, a couple a couple months ago with the 48, so he's going to stay in the 48. We've already mentioned that on the podcast before. This past weekend, we had some news about Penske and Wood Brothers. The two cars are going to be filled by Austin Cendrick, as he was supposed to go to Wood Brothers, but he's not going to go over to two car. And now Wood Brothers is being filled by Harrison Burton. Um, interesting pick there, but Asking me to fill the 21 car. Yes. And uh, Kyle Larson just this week was announced to have an extension with Connor. Did you hear who's sponsoring him? HendrickCars.com. And you know why? Because Rick Hendrick has made so much said, money on it. He's made so much money off of it. He's made just as much money off of it as he would have having a sponsor. Like it, it, it looks like it's just kind of trying to cut losses, but really it's, it's a very, very valuable sponsorship. And um, so, yeah, he actually said that multiple companies have, have approached him this season about taking on the rest of the year and, and sponsoring him full-time next year too. And he, he realized that that was worth less having a different company pay him to put the, put their, their brand on the car than, putting his brand on his car. So I think that NASCAR, I think that shows that NASCAR sponsorship is still very valuable. Yes. And then you also had uh, Brad Kislowski going over to Roush. Um, Which uh, hasn't officially been announced by Roush Fenway Racing, but they have an official announcement this week. I think it's on Wednesday 
um, which I guess by the time you're listening to it, it's already happened. But, like, Ross, I mean, if it's anything else, then announcing Brad Kislaski to the team will be shocked. Like, that's what it is. Yes. Just know. So, let's get started. We'll start with the second track house team. This track house has bought uh, both both uh, charters from Chip Ganassi. One will be filled by Daniel Suarez and the 99 car. But what will be what will be the other one? Um, I say, given his recent performance, I'm going to go with Ross Chastain. I think they're going to push for Kurt Busch, but um, we might as well say now I think Kurt is going to the second 2311 car. Um, and um, yeah, I think I think Trackhouse sees just how fast uh, Chastain has been recently and, and picks him up. Yes, I agree with both those. I think Trackhouse is going to go for Kurt to begin with, but I think 23X1 is going to have a second charter, and they're going to steal Kurt Busch, um, and then the second choice there for Trackhouse will be Rash Chastain, who's been really quick as of late, and uh, I think it's going to be a great driver for them, pair with Daniel Suarez, two really young well, Daniel Suarez is kind of becoming a veteran very slowly here, but um, I think it's going to be two great drivers for Trackhouse, two drivers that will take their team and could, could make the playoffs. And I, I really think it's going to be a great, great for both teams, great for 23x1 getting a veteran to pair with Bubba and then, and then with uh, Rosh Hastain going to uh, Trackhouse, one of those young guns in the sport of NASCAR. Yeah, Chastain and Suarez are both really good talents at this point, I think. And I think Trackhouse is soon be quickly becoming a big threat. Uh, so we'll move on to the 10 car for Stuart Haas Racing. And last week when we recorded, we both had someone taking this seat, but I don't think either of us do this week. Um, who's in that car next year? Yes, I, I think we both switched our minds after this past week in Trace at New Hampshire Motor Speed with Eric Amarola winning and winning in dominant fashion. Uh, as Ethan said earlier in the podcast, Smithfield has been so happy, so thrilled about this win, um, and I, I don't think, I don't think it's gonna be a multi-year deal. I think it's gonna be a one, another one-year kind of prove it deal because he's not been good this year, other than this past weekend's race at New Hampshire. So, I think he's gonna get a one-year deal, and it could be two depending on how he does in the playoffs. I don't think they're gonna extend him until the season is over because I would think they're gonna wait to see if if he gets a one-year deal or a two-year deal. If he makes a round of eight. I say gets a two-year deal. If he stays, if he falls out around 16, uh, definitely a one-year deal. And then around a 12, it could be either or. But I really think it's this past weekend kind of saved his, could have possibly saved his career because there's not really any, there's not any better cars that are available. Um, and I, I think this really saved his career. And it, it's great to see. And, and I think he's going to go back to the 10 car. Depend. The one or two year deal will depend on how he does in the playoffs, but he's definitely going to be there next year in the 10 car for Stuart Haas Racing. Yes. All right. So I, I did have another thought. We have the 37 open too. I know we didn't talk about that. I think Ricky stays in the 47. He's been pretty good for them this year. Um, but then I would put. I think they'll go and buy one of the Rick Ware racing charters because I think Rick Ware is selling two or three. Um, I still personally think that there is a decent chance that Petty gets bought by somebody. I know you, you scoffed at it on the segment that never 
will hear the light of day um, in my crazy prediction, but um, in which I predicted Brickware and, and Richard Petty to be joining forces into a Pettyware team with two charters, um, which Connor just like that. That was fun. Connor Connor found that quite entertaining, <laughs> but I would honestly put. I think that car keeps Jones and I think Rick Ware sells two of their charters. I don't, I'm not certain on the petty wear thing, but I think it's definitely a possibility, but I think uh, JTG gets another charter. And so they have two chartered cars again. And I would put, I think that's where to Benedetto goes the 37. I think that's better than 38, which would be his only other decent cup option. So Connor, who do you have in the 37? Well, before we begin, I, I, just want to quickly mention, I think the 23X1 with them getting a second charter is going to be bought from Rick Ware Racing. Um, and then I also, with uh, the 37, I think they're also going to get a charter from Rick Ware Racing. Um, and the 37 car is not going to match Benedetto, and it's going to stay with Ryan Priest. Ryan Priest has been strong this year when he's in it, and I think he's done so good this year. I think he deserves deserves a full, full year in the charter, um, with the charter, and uh, go race for a playoff position. I, I, I just, I, yeah, I have Ryan Priest in the 37 car. All right. I will go over to the 38 then. I will have um, Matty D going to that car. Or, no, not Matty D. I'll have Priest going over there. Sorry. Uh, McDowell, even though I think he's technically a free agent, I think he'll stay in the 34. Um, I'm hoping he stays in the 34 at least. Uh, and I have Ryan Newman retiring. Uh as a side note, or like going back and, and having some fun in like the truck series or something. But I honestly think at this point that front row and the and JTG moving between them is a lateral move. I think that there's really not much of a difference between those two organizations in terms of speed. And I think um, I think the reason why I have Matty D going over there is because he definitely has a better track record than Greece. I know Priest is probably might be more talented, but we just haven't seen it. And De Benedetto has shown some flashes of, of pretty good talent. Um, and, and he's also a veteran that probably won't wreck the car as much as Priest. Priest seems to have these stretches where he cannot stay out of the wall. And, and so I think, and then he has these stretches where he's running top 15, top 10 every week. So I think they'll go with the consistency with, for De Benedetto. Um, and, and so that I think JTG has a better chance to hit on the next gen car too, because of their affiliation with Hendrick, even though it's not a strong one, I think that's a better chance to hit on the next gen car. I mean, front row is aligned with Roush and that's it. And so Roush isn't very good right now. So. Yeah. And I have like kind of a crazy idea here. Yeah, I think Matt DiBenedetto might go down to Xfinity or, or trucks. I don't think he'd go to trucks, but Xfinity. That's, I, that's I, th- I think he might go to Xfinity. I think he would want to get a more competitive ride, even if that being an Xfinity, to be more competitive and maybe revitalize his career and maybe even work back up into the Cup Series and get a better ride than what's available now. And you can get a better ride in 
a year, two years from now, if he does really well in the Xfinity series. I don't know what team that would be with if Penske really doesn't like him or really doesn't want him. It probably won't be with Penske, um, but it could be with, you know, you've seen other teams like um, that have, that could possibly be like, and you've seen with John Hunter Nemechek, he goes to, goes to trucks and he's really doing really strong and could possibly, you know, come back up to Xfinity and just kind of, you know, kind of revitalize his career. So if he does not want to go to one of these, either the 38 or the 37, I think he goes to Xfinity in a better ride and tries to kind of revitalize his career and, and tr- just try to go for wins. And if, so I have him, he could go to the 38 car. If he does not want to go to a pretty much a back marker, he won't go there and he'll go down to Xfinity or Cup. I mean, Xfinity or trucks. I don't think it'll be trucks. He kind of revitalized his career. I mean, the 38 car, um, ugh, it, it's going to be kind of, it's going to be one of those where you're going to want to, I, I can see a lot of people and it, it's so hard to predict. If, if Matthew Benedetta doesn't go there because he doesn't want to, I honestly don't know who would want to go there because they got, they always 38 car. They just, the driver's, who they pick usually aren't who you think. So I think it's pretty much impossible to, to pick a driver if it's not Matt Benedetto. It's, it's a very, very much a wild card ride. And it's also quite obviously their second car. Like it's pretty apparent that they put any, the 34 is their best car on the track week in and week out. And I think McDowell is definitely a better driver than Neiman check was than Alfredo is definitely but he's also getting the better car. And I think that's pretty obvious. Um, so what about it? You could even see maybe with all these teams wanting charters and you want, if junior motorsports wants to move up, you've heard of them talking about it. Junior motorsports wants to come up and maybe buy a charter. If, if they don't, if they don't want to have two teams and they want to put all their money, all their focus into Michael McDowell, they could do that. They could sell that, sell that team. And because the drive, it, it's pretty much a backmarker car. It's not even competitive. Like Michael McDowell, it's not going there to even compete. It's going there to sit on track. And if they, if they don't get, if they get the right deal and junior motorsports wants to move up, junior motorsports takes that, takes that charter. They could have, you know, you've mentioned Justin Allgaier go up, um, to cup. You could have, um, Justin Allgaier race there. You could have had, you know, juniors really like Josh Berry. You could you could have um, no Bregson. Um, you could have you, there's endless options that junior junior motorsports has shown interest in moving up, and you could very much uh, pull the trigger to move up, especially with the uh, uh, next gen car coming in next year. Yeah, um, his Alfredo's best finish this season has been twelfth at Talladega. His best non super speedway finish was seventeenth at Nashville. So. He has uh, – hold on. I, I want to pull it up. I want to see the difference between Alfredo and McDowell in terms of lead lap finishes and, and average finish and such. So, right now, McDowell has one win, two top, te- two top fives, five top tens, 25 laps led. He has an average finish of 18.2 um, and 21 – no. Um, 13 lead lap finishes. 
Anthony Alfredo, no no wins, no top fives, no top tens, four laps led. Average finish of 27.1 and seven lead lap finishes. So McDowell has basically almost 10, a, a average finish almost 10 more positions than Alfredo and uh, almost double the amount of lead lap finishes. So, yeah. Um, Alfredo is not doing very well. We'll, we'll put it, we'll put it lightly. Um, and, and so, you know, let's, let's take a thought experiment here. If, and now granted there was news today, I think it was uh, Kelly Earnhardt saying that if JRM were to move to Kapu, it'd probably be 2023 at the earliest, uh, kind of gauge how the next gen rollout goes. So I honestly do not think they'll come into cup this year, but I think it's very likely that they will over the next few years. Um, the, the one other car we, we're yet to talk about is the unknown number of the GMS car. And we don't even know if that's going to be a chartered car. That might just be part-time, honestly. But let's say it is full-time. Let's say they get a charter from someone, uh, maybe front row, maybe uh, – I mean, the thing we haven't really t- considered is maybe Starcom sees the value in a charter and just kind of sells out, basically. I mean – that could always be a possibility. Although you see some of the some of the controversy uh, Half got got into yesterday. Yeah, and I, I don't think that's his fault. Um, I just watched Radioactive just before we started recording, and of course he got dumped by Ryan Newman, and he was actually pointing Ryan Newman to go low. He went up high, and Ryan Newman just said sorry. He couldn't turn, um, had troubles with steering kind of all day. So. Um, not any other faults, uh, when how I honestly, I think. It. I think Newman might have dumped him. I think Newman might be in the wrong there. I mean, definitely not Half's fault. Half has been Half has kept it very clean this year, um, because pretty yeah. much all his all his DNFs have been mechanical fa- failures, pretty much, or getting involved in someone else's crash. So, I will admit that I am Loki kind of starting to like Quinn Half. Yeah, and when we do season season driver like grades at the end of uh, the playoffs, well, I think Quinn Half won't be won't be won't be terrible. So last year I kind of gave him. Last year I kind of gave him a little bit of a bad grade. Maybe he kind of changed my mind a little bit. I'll give him a little bit better grade this year. We all gave a, him a bad grade. He was bad last year, but he's been much better this year. Um, so uh, yeah, the GMS car, I if it's not chartered and it's just kind of like a racing every once in a while. I feel like they're just going to put their truck guys in it. I feel like they'll just have their truck guys get experience. I really do. Yes, but for the sake of the argument, let's say they get a full-time ride, and let's say that it's somewhere between Spire and JTG, somewhere in that level of equipment. Who, who would you put in there? Uh, it's a hard decision. I have no idea. I have mine, and I don't necessarily like it, um, but it's the only one I can think of, and I have Allgaier going there because Creed has said he doesn't want – he, he Creed has been talking about Xfinity, so either he's a really good liar or he just doesn't want – or he's not being allowed. Like they've told him they're not going to put him in the cup car. 
I think Creed is is quite talented, but he also needs to start moving up or else he will become like a Matt Crafted. So uh, Creed has to start moving up to, to save his career. So yeah, I think I, he's... I definitely don't think it's going to be uh, Creed. And I was thinking one of those... I don't think it's going to be Gregson. I think Gregson would rather stay in Xfinity for a year, uh, see what else happens in the next year. But I could also, I could also see Josh Berry. Uh, I don't know why. I just I can see that happening. But, yeah, Allgaier does seem like a really good fit, and that would suck for him. Yeah, because, I mean, it would be another H. Scott thing, I think. Although, maybe he won't do it. I, I honestly think that he is waiting – for an opportunity to jump to a good team. And I don't know what that's going to take. I mean, you could have this whole what if alternate reality where he goes, fills in for Jimmy and like runs top five at the Brickyard last year. And and we'll never know because he got caught up in that pit road crash. That wasn't his fault. Um, But I think Allgaier does not want to go back to cup with the back marker. But I, I just picked him because it was pretty much the only option there. Unless Yeah, when we, when we raced for po- – when we were at Pocono, we raced for Justin Haley in the 77 car after Justin Haley took a hard leg in the Xfinity Series, and he did pretty well. Uh, yeah. He did have trouble, rode around, and I, he really, he did really well. He got a good finish for that team. He outdrove their equipment. So I really think he is, he is cup-worthy, and I – if JRM moves up in the next couple of years, I think he is the number one option. Yeah, I would agree with you. But the thing is, he keeps getting passed up, you know? Like, he's had multiple good years in a row, but, like, you have Justin Haley – or not Justin Haley. You have William Byron and, and um, Chase Elliott and whoever else. Uh, you have Tyler Reddick dominate for JRM for a year. So, it's like, in that sense, he's – I just think he's looking for a better opportunity and I don't know when he's going to get it, but I don't think he would take that. But Connor, if you had to pick somebody, who would you go with? I'm going with Josh Barry. I just have a gut feeling. I would rather say that than Allgaier, but I feel bad for Allgaier. But as you mentioned, Tyler Reddick, uh, there were some rumors that he could possibly leave RCR. I think he's staying now with the Wood Brothers ride and the number two, uh, Penske number two car being filled. I think he's staying for another year in the eight car. Yeah. And for a bonus, since Haley and um, Haley Sindrick and Harrison Burton are already all moving up, that's three top tier Xfinity rides. Who gets those just rapid fire? The 20, the 11, and the um, 22. 10, what was it? 10, 11? The 11. For colleague, the 20 for Joe Gibbs and um, the 22 for Penske. Ty Gibbs, 20. Um, what else is it? Penske and colleague. Colleague. Mm. Colleague's going to steal Josh Berry. Watch it happen. And then. Penske. Oh, Penske's such a... Uh, uh, I don't know. Watch I them know. promote Haley Deegan too quickly. I, I, Watch I, them I move her up. 
I, I didn't want to get to that point, so that's why I didn't say it because I, uh, that's that's too quick. Yeah, that would be bad for her career. That would oh be really bad. Oh my gosh, she in a oh in the top tier Xfinity ride. I don't listen. I don't. I don't think she's a bad driver. I just don't think she's ready. I think she, she can be that. No way ready. Driver. She probably needs two more years in trucks after this. I mean, yeah. I don't think we'll see her. If, if they're smart, we won't see her in Cup for at least four more years. Don't ruin her career like you did for Danica Patrick. Yes. Um, I okay. So if, I'll give you a moment to think on this. I will go with Ty Gibbs in the twenty, obviously. Then um, Cass Grawl in the eleven because he's done some stuff for them recently. Good point. And I'm going to go with Anthony Alfredo in the 22. Kind of make a a, um, a Daniel Hemrick-esque move, jump back down to Xfinity after a year of experience in Cup. And pretty bad, because RCR in 2019 was awful uh, equipment. And and I think he'll, he, he could revive his career there. Yes. Quick question for you. Just yes or no, quick answer. Does Daniel Hemrick ever get a top three series win? Yes. He's been too good recently. It's got it's got to break through here. It, it, it has to. His luck has been awful, and it's got to come back around. I he'll, He should easily make the playoffs. Watch him win the championship without winning a race. Wouldn't be surprised. All right. If that's all you have, that's all I have. Yep, you want to close it out? Because you're way better at that than I am. Thank you guys for listening to this week's podcast. Make sure you go check out our sponsor, Zensensi. Links are in the description. Also, go follow us on Twitter. Links are in the description. We could have a giveaway next week. Uh, We'll keep you posted on that. Um, Make sure you follow us on Twitter because we will be posting that giveaway on Twitter, maybe even a little bit earlier for the podcast. So make sure you follow us on Twitter. Join the Discord. And we'll see you next week on the Quit Bit Podcast. Thank you for listening.